So, hello guys. Hopefully you found yourself on part two, the Q&A. Um, if you haven't listened to part one, maybe go and listen to that now beforehand. But we're just going to jump right in and ask some questions to Jack. Um, so yeah, Izzy, do you want to kick us off? Um, I'm going to start, you know, with the classic one. What about creation? Um, and what does science tell us about creation, the Big Bang, evolution, and how does that work with kind of the the faith and the idea that of God as the creator? Do those two still work together? Can those two work in harmony or are they opposing? Yeah, that is often the age-old question. Um, so what I'll say for disclaimer is that I'll do my best to answer that in about two, three minutes. If you're very interested, we could probably chat for about half an hour sometimes. So if you know come come chat to me sometime but um i'm not a physicist which is not to get out of the question but um i this is not necessarily my area of expertise but the short answer is that science and what i think is true is um at the moment is sort of suggesting that the earth is about four billion years old um and we have this idea of a big bang which interestingly was a theory um that well, there was a rhythm out of a, a guy called i think he was called george lemaitre um in the 1800s and he was a christian so that's an interesting bit of knowledge to know that i think think a lot of people know is that it's actually a christian that um gave this big bang theory um which is interesting because a lot of secular scientists or new atheists tried to pin the big bang as an obvious thing against christianity but I mean, its roots are, are in Christian science. Um, and um, what's interesting to, to know about the Big Bang, um, maybe what I could share in two minutes, is that um, there's this whole idea, basically there was something and then nothing, which is quite a biblical thing, really, this idea of something, uh, a chaos forming out of, um, chaos turning to order. Um, and... A classic question that sort of returned is that um, if there is no God, then how can something like the Big Bang initiate? Um, because all we can kind of know in my well, my very simple understanding of phys- physics is that, um, you know, there was something and then there was nothing. And what was there to start that something? Um, it's something that's outside of time, basically, because time started at the Big Bang. Um, so how do you have something that is out of time, you know, starting off time? It's a very like, I don't know, it, you can easily get lost in that. And again, I'm not a physicist, so someone will probably easily um, correct a few things there. But um, how that then matches up with Christianity? Um, I mean, I don't know if perhaps you want to flow on to maybe a follow up question, but um, I don't. Yeah, I don't have any trouble reading Genesis as I suppose the classic text that someone might um might check out there i don't have any any problem reading genesis and matching up that idea of science with it but the very important thing to add on here is that science works with theories like we were saying in the last episode and tomorrow something could be found out which would prove that whole thing wrong i mean i think that's very unlikely but um the point is these are working theories and we cannot hold to science um that tightly and assume that it's going to give us all the answers because the reality is it changes all the time I think our interesting follow-up question then is playing devil's advocate. Should we trust science then to a degree? Like how much should we rely on science? How much should we trust science? Um, yeah. 
so uh, again, going back to the schools thing, uh, last week I was asked, I thought a really profound question for a year nine uh, kid to ask. Um, someone asked um, whether curiosity is a bad thing. Um, and I think that's a really interesting starting point for um, answering that question, because as I was saying before, science, like it comes out of curiosity and asking questions and like we're fallen people, you know, we're sinful people. We, we often do things that aren't great. And um, we live in an interesting world at the moment where, uh, you know, the sort of technology that has allowed us to go to space and has given us amazing wonder and understanding at the way our solar system works, uh, simply just how our Earth looks from the outside. Um, you know, these are all amazing things. Um, that same technology is also causing um, war in places like Ukraine right now. It's the technology that we use to fire missiles. Um, and so in some ways, I think it's it's somewhat good that we challenge science and really test it and think about whether it's something we can trust. Um, now, the issue is, is that um, science itself, I don't think there's anything wrong with it because it's we have to trust that, you know, God reveals wisdom to us and, and he, you know, he allows us to understand more about his world. Um, and that is an act of his mercy yeah. and blessing. But it's how we then use that science, which I think is a problem. Um, and I don't like really the narrative about distrusting science because um, as a, a biologist and a microbiologist, um, that often turns to things to do with vaccines and healthcare, um, which again are amazing, amazing gifts of God's mercy that we can understand the way that things such as vaccines work. And um, it's a shame when people choose to mistrust um, that sort of science. Um, I think that actually brings me on to kind of my next question, um, which would be probably about science and medicine and like religion and medicine and what, you know, should, you know, if, if things are God's will, are we interfering by using modern medicine? Are we interfering with God's will by using medicine? There's like an age old um, call it parable or limerick, whatever, where there's this guy who's drowning in an ocean and um, he's praying one. for God to help him. You may have heard this. <laughs> he's praying for God to help him. And um, he says, Lord, help me. And, um, you know, uh, suddenly a helicopter, a rescue helicopter appears and they send down a ladder and he doesn't take a hold of the ladder because he's praying for God to help him and he wants God to help him. So he ignores the ladder and he says, Lord, help me. And then a rescue boat comes along and they throw a rubber ring out to him to drag him in. And he ignores that because he's praying and holding out for God to help him. Um, and although that's kind of a, a rash and maybe funny uh, image, um, I actually think there's quite a lot of wisdom in that and how we approach using medicine. Um, because, like, again, we, we've been placed in this world to steward it and use its resources. And like I was saying in the last question, Humans are broken and they can abuse and exploit that. But, you know, that is an amazing gift that God has allowed us to use natural resources to be able to heal illnesses. Um, you know, we get under really like sticky territory when we begin to go down that route of why we should not use medicine, because, I mean, 
I don't know about you, but I know many people that are suffering with certain diseases and they've not, they've, they've prayed and they've not had it answered. And that's not to say that um, they won't get answered or um, that healing doesn't happen. But, you know, if someone has like a mental health problem, how, who are we to say that they shouldn't take um, medicine or pills to be able to abate those issues? You know, it's actually often more damaging to just suggest that we pray away problems like that. And, you know, it's a very complex and pastoral issue, but I think we are kind of foolish to um, assume that using medicine is like a way of, you know, not putting our trust in God and being rebellious, because if anything, he's given us those gifts to be able to heal. And that I think that's part of the modern ministry of reconciliation, like doctors are doing uh, the act of reconciliation and, and healing. Um, just by the, the medicine and the and the way in which they live in their careers. No, that was very well put. Um, that's super helpful. I think uh, my question for me, and this is one I I think I was talking about with Ray in the last episode, and one I found allows us to draw closest to God, um, if anything, is that how should, we, I guess, devil advocate, should we take the, um, the Bible literally? And if not, how do we come at it? Like, you know, is Genesis real history? You know, how long are the days in Genesis? You know, how do we interpret the Bible with, I know these are big questions, but just the idea of actually how do we come into the Bible with um, maybe a more helpful mindset with this idea? Yeah, I mean, that that question requires a couple hours to sit down and, and unpick, but um, to do my best, um, um the idea of literal reading i think is really interesting wording i mean what do we mean by literal reading um because isaac you you asked the question in there i think about is genesis historical narrative or something along those lines and um it's interesting like um I mean, a lot of people will know the problems about reading Genesis literally. So I'm going to kind of use a different <laughs> example first that will speak into it. But I don't think people will get lost in the fact that they know what I'm talking about. But there's an example in Psalm, I think it's 93, um, the first verse. And I could be wrong, it might be 91. Um, talks about the Lord setting the earth on it on its stable foundations. And for hundreds of years, the church used that verse as a... Um, example for why the earth must be at the center of our universe um now i don't know anyone today that doesn't believe that the earth isn't at the center of our universe you know we the earth rotates around the sun um it's called the heliocentric model and um it was actually again it was galileo um who was a christian who um helped put that model forward um but at the time he was met with a bit of resistance um not the whole church rejected it actually most of the church supported it but some areas of the church rejected it because they um saw that this psalm was an example of you know this can't be true because the earth must be at the center of the universe the lord has set the earth on stable foundations and everything else moves around it um again no one today has problems maybe there's the odd person who's a flat earthist who might think that but i don't even think flat earthists think that um the point i'm making out is that the church then, um, in its history, and then it was eventually, it changed its position on it. Um, the church stuck to a very literal reading, um, if we put it in those words, of Psalms. 
psalms are poetry um and you know it's kind of like are we you know by uh, by not understanding it to be physically true um you know it's poetic are we undermining its importance i don't i don't think so because i think we're um seeing the deeper meaning of what it's trying to teach us about god and the way he interacts with his people um and i think that's a very important thing to think about when you think about genesis um and there's a specific area in genesis chapters 1 to 11 which often all the debate is around those those 11 chapters um and i don't know that much about chapter 4 onwards genesis 1 to 3 uh it well particularly 1 and 2 i mean most old testament theologians uh, have decided that it's a poem when you think of it like that that does sort of change the way that you read it based on what i was saying about the psalms um even then um wh- whatever the the language of the book is um i think in a very short sense uh genesis is teaching us far more important things than the way that god made the world it is talking to us about the fact that god loves us and the fact that he yeah. um has given us a a plan and a calling to steward the earth and to 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 live and to multiply within it um and to live in relationship with him and in in any in any sense i think it's like not right that this question has been put on science because it's more of a historian's question um because uh, this is the last thing i'll say there's there's a a great book by a scientist called well scientist historian called john walton um and you can read it. it's called the lost world of genesis and um mm. it basically unpacks the cultural um well the eastern culture in that era um so 10 to 6, 6 000 years ago um which is roughly when Genesis was written. The idea of a God creating everything was completely like unheard of. Um, you think of like, for example, the Greek gods, um, there's a God of the sun, there's a God of the waters or whatever. Um, this was a God who created everything. He was sovereign and ultimate above all things. And yet even still he interacted and dwelt among his people. That is what Genesis is trying to teach us. Um, and you know we could could unpack a lot more to do with why i think it isn't specifically trying to tell us a day narrative but um i don't think we have enough time to do that no that is um really really helpful and i think yeah even that just link there to um john walton understanding the lost world of genesis one i think there's one and two um yeah i mean those sort of things are really helpful and i think just to to end what would you say is some um ways people listening and we could just go away encouraged and also just helpful links um yeah um main thing is engage with the topic um i mean at the heart of this is engage with difficult questions um because we've we've said a lot in a very short amount of time and i'd love to speak for a lot longer um so again i'd very happily walk through individually with someone different questions or topics um but for practical sense on here um yeah just just don't hide from your questions um because i mean when you begin to open up to this world you realize there are many many scientists in history and today who are christians and are doing great things and clearly it's not a problem for them to reconcile science and faith topics and and obviously not everyone is an expert as i said i'm in no way an expert and people might think i am just because i'm able to talk on these topics but it's just because i'm i've read about it and um 
it's it's kind of going back to this idea of elitism in science. I mean, I don't have a PhD, um, and within science, that makes me feel like I'm inferior, which is ridiculous because I have a bachelor's degree. But um, anyway, that's that's more of a, a gripe at science for me. But um, you know, like just you can start by just looking things up. Like there's so much out there without me having to say specific books or anything. Um, and you can just look into things. Just think critically and think whether you think this holds up to scripture. Um, I'd recommend the Faraday Institute if you want a specific resource. They're a great science and faith um, group that have videos and, and, and leaflets on basically every topic under the sun. Um, and um, yeah, just, just engage with it, ask questions, pray. Um, I'm happy to talk to people individually. If you want maybe one book um, that I'd really recommend, um, there's a book series called Counterpoints where they basically take a um, a speaker or like a key proponent, uh, an individual in like one specific field. And there's one that they've done for um, creation and origins, which I think is very useful because you basically get a, a young earth creationist, an old earth creationist, an evolutionary creationist and uh, an intelligent design um, proponent. Um, and these are all four different like overarching models of understanding creation and origins. And if you read that, it's interesting reading how they interact with each other and the main arguments and stuff. So I'd recommend that. Yeah, no, that sounds perfect. And I think I think I'm going to go do some more reading because I also think I get asked so many times by non-Christians. I think it's good to kind of engage with these topics as a Christian, just so that when you're asked, you can also offer, you know, your own opinion a bit like you've done there, Jack, and, you know, use the Bible to, to kind of say, no, we're not, we're not saying, you know, you have to be a flat earthist or you have to be not, not believe in evolution. Um, so I just think it's good to kind of arm, not arm yourself might be the wrong word, but, you know, offer, um, solutions when when questioned because i think that's always quite hard so yeah thanks jack that's yeah. actually been so useful to say one final thing i think um that's really important is he um that don't listen to this and again i've said it quite a few times and think you have to know everything it's not about knowing um it is really important to have offhand things to say to people when they ask you but no one's going to know everything that's not what that's not what makes you a christian and um actually if you want to like have one maybe practical thing of how you engage with people who question it just like question their understanding a bit as well and not in a debateful way or a harmful way but so many people in our society are led to believe that science will answer everything or you know one day we'll have a certain level of scientific understanding and we'll be able to whatever solve um world hunger and the reality is that's not true and if you begin to challenge on that and you don't need to know about science to know that that's not working because you look at the world around you um and just like yeah try and engage with this idea of whether science is science is completely going to answer the questions and whether um you know actually just having a faith does that even maybe help you be a scientist i don't know no that's really helpful um man I really enjoyed that. I was really encouraging, yeah, challenging, and I think, yeah, I hopefully people who are listening, that's encouraged you and challenged you. And like we said, will allow you to go exploring, go and search and grow deeper um, in all of this. Um, but what a week. Thank you so much, yeah, Jack, well, for coming on. Yeah, right. you're a hero. Thanks, Jack. That's actually been so interesting. And yeah, I've 
it wasn't as scary as I thought it was going to be. So yeah. Also, guys, if if you have got questions, I'm sure Jack won't mind mind me saying, but I'm sure if you grab me after essence, he'll he'll be happy to talk about stuff more. Yeah, for I, sure. I imagine I'm not making it up. Right. <laughs> well, guys, that was a week. Another week will follow. Uh, thank you very much, um, Jack, and see you guys soon. <laughs>